Job 2, 1-13 Again there was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord, and say so... Sorry, let's start again. Job 2, 1-13 Again there was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord, and Satan also came among them to present himself before the Lord. And the Lord said to Satan, From where have you come? Satan answered the Lord and said, from going to and fro on the earth, and from walking up and down on it. And the Lord said to Satan, Have you considered my servant Job, that there is none like him on the earth, a blameless and upright man who fears God and turns away from evil? He still holds fast his integrity, although you incited me against him to destroy him without reason. Then Satan answered the Lord and said, Skin for skin, all that a man has he will give for his life. But Stretch out your hand and touch his bone and his flesh, and he will curse you to your face. And the Lord said to Satan, Behold, he is in your hand. Only spare his life. So Satan went out from the presence of the Lord and struck Job with loathsome sores from the sole of his foot to the crown of his head. And he took a piece of broken pottery with which to scrape himself while he sat in the ashes. Then his wife said to him, Do you still hold fast your integrity? Curse God and die. But he said to her, You speak as one of the foolish women would speak. Shall we receive good from God, and shall we not receive evil? In all this, Job did not sin with his lips. Now, when Job's three friends heard of all this evil that had come upon him, they came each from his own place, Eliphaz the Tamanite, Bildad the Shuhite, and Zophar the Namathite. They made an appointment together to come to show him sympathy and comfort him. And when they saw him from a distance, they did not recognize him. And they raised their voices and wept, and they tore their robes and sprinkled dust on their heads toward heaven. And they sat with him on the ground seven days and seven nights, and no one spoke a word to him, for they saw that his suffering was very great. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. We're joined again today with world-class Job scholar, Will Kynes. Okay, so now chapter two kind of gets us into the meat of the book. Um, and and really what's going to happen for kind of the most of the rest of the narrative part here is Job wrestling with the the pain of death, if you will, if you want to call it that. And and the ministry, I'll use that word, <laughs> of his wife and friends yeah. uh, to him. Um, and so obviously they, there's this kind of sitting Shiva moment uh, that his friends have with him here. But then, of course, the wife has the moment of, you know, just said, hey, let's be done with this. Just go ahead and die. Uh, kind of makes you wonder about her. But anyway, yeah, let, help us understand, you know, where where chapters chapter two starts to take us uh, in the in the passages of Job. Yeah. So the wife is a fascinating figure for me. And I think we don't often we don't have enough sympathy for her. I mean, she's suffering with Job. She's lost her 10 children as well. Right, yeah. And uh, she's, they've lost everything that they have. There's a lot of debate about how to actually understand what she says to Job, but it cer- certainly seems like she's expressing her own struggle with this suffering. I find Job's response to her really fascinating. And I actually think that it sets up the rest of the book because what he says to her is not, you are a foolish woman for saying what you've said. He says to her, you speak as one of the foolish women right. would speak. So what he's doing is he's distancing who he believes her to be. You're not mm-hmm. a foolish woman 
But right now, but what you're saying is foolish. Yeah. It seems like you're acting like a foolish woman. Mm-hmm. And that's going to be really important for our understanding of the book, in my view, because uh, Job is going to talk in a similar way to God. He's going to say, God, I believe that you are good and just. But right now, what I'm experiencing yeah. you surely doesn't seem <laughs> right, right. that way. So there can be this distance. But that's also what the Satan is doing with Job. He's trying to put a chink to pry away Job's in- integrity and the way that he actually behaves from who he truly is. So the book is raising this question that all of us sh- should wrestle with, which is, who are we really? Like when, when the chips are down, how are we going to respond? What is our true character? Uh, and so Satan creates this test to try and draw out the true character of Job. And that's what we're going to see over the course of the book. Well, and that's what's so interesting about the second part of his answer there is, you know, we should expect good from God and evil. I mean, Job has this built out theology already that he doesn't just anticipate the blessing of God. I mm-hmm. mean, and he we, we saw that a little bit in chapter one, um, but here we see it again in chapter two, like, the Lord takes away, you know, the, the, the Lord is, is not just this happy clappy experience all the time. And, and I do think, you know, one of the things that American Christianity lacks is the ability to mourn and simultaneously feel close to the Lord or the ability to mourn and feel blessed in a sense by God or the ability to mourn and to in mourning, enjoy the, companionship of God. And, and, and Job does certainly has that category already. Mm-hmm. He does. Uh, and so it's, it's like we talked last time with 121 that he's expressing here what he wants to believe. And I think it's hard to know because we're going to see that he changes his response to his suffering drastically in chapter three. Uh, I think what happens is that he deepens what he knows here becomes experientially true for him as he wrestles with God over the rest of the book. And I think that happens with Christians all the time. There are things that we know, but we have to work that knowledge out through experience as we live the life of faith. Mm -hmm. And that's what we see Job doing over the course of this book. A lot of people give Job's friends kind of, you know, you said people aren't fair to the wife. They're not (laughs) fair to the friends, but I mean, at least here the friends are presented in this very kind way. They're coming, they're sharing, they, they weep when they see him. Um, they're, they're trying to be good, whether whether or not they're wise before the Lord, they're they're trying to be good friends to Job. I don't know, any thoughts on oh, yeah. the introduction of the friends? Yeah, so the friends start out really well. And what they do, they come in verse 11, and it says that they come to show him sympathy and comfort him. Mm-hmm. And that word comfort is a key word in the whole book of Job, that when we face suffering, who is going to comfort us and how are they going to do that? And the friends come to comfort, they're doing what they should do. What we see is they fail terribly. Later in the book, Job says to them, miserable comforters are you all. Mm. Uh, but the book is about how eventually God will provide the comfort for Job. And ultimately, God is the only one who can provide that comfort that will really console Job in the midst of his suffering. The friends fail because they don't understand who God truly is. So God will reveal himself to Job. I'm looking forward to our next reading, which will come tomorrow. But for today, and for Job too, for Will Kynes, I'm Jason Dees. Thanks for listening to Our Daily Rhythm. 
I'm Jason Dees, one of the pastors of Christ Covenant, and our daily rhythm is a ministry of our church designed to help you more faithfully and effectively meditate on God's Word. If you ever have a question for us about one of our Bible readings or one of your own Bible readings, please don't hesitate to text us at 404-465-1737. Again, that's 404-465-1737. Or email me directly at jason at christcovenant.com. We'll meet you again tomorrow for our daily rhythm.